Progressive Parenting Radio is a production of Progressive Parenting Network and GinaKirby.com. No material on this radio program should be considered medical advice. This is a listener-funded program. And now, your host, Gina Kirby. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Or good evening, because I know a lot of people listen on, on archive shows. So whenever you decide to listen to our program, welcome. Being a parent is the hardest job you'll ever have. Progressive Parenting understands this and wants you to know that you are not alone. My name is Gina Kirby, and I am your humble host. I am not a parenting expert, but as a doula, a childbirth educator, a La Leche League International breastfeeding peer counselor, and concerned parent of four children, ages uh, 22 months to 13 years old, I get the difficulties involved with parenthood. So I'll be inviting doctors, nurses, family workers, authors, and experts from different fields to answer your parenting questions. Because this is a progressive talk show, we will broach topics and air opinions that you as a parent might not otherwise hear about through the mainstream media. The mission of progressive parenting is to inform, not to preach, to share, not advise, and to connect, not alienate. Progressive Parenting Radio is a listener-funded program. If you enjoy the information we bring to you, please consider donating. You can send PayPal donations to progressiveparentingradio at gmail.com. Progressive Parenting Radio has been broadcasting for over nine years, bringing quality information to listeners like you. We would like to thank our listeners and our sponsors for supporting our mission to bring great information to you. Uh, and speaking of our sponsors, I'd like to thank very much Jane Austen Yoga. Uh, Jane Austen Yoga is in San Francisco. However, if you are a expectant mom and you don't want to leave your house and you'd like to know more about the wonders of prenatal yoga, then you can uh, go to Jane Austen's website, janeaustenyoga.com. She is an amazing person. She's very passionate about yoga and the transformational power of motherhood. Jane Austen specializes in working with prenatal and postnatal mamas. She's a mom herself and has been involved with the birthing community since 1990 as a yoga teacher, home birth midwife, doula, and childbirth educator. She teaches prenatal and postnatal yoga classes and teacher trainings in San Francisco. However, I want everybody to know that you can take her workshops online. So go to janeaustenyoga.com to learn more. And if you're a doula, you can um, train to become a prenatal yoga instructor, which is what I'm going to do this year. So join me and find out more at janeaustenyoga.com, our wonderful sponsor. The number to call in during the program today is 347-850-1642. That number again is 347 347- Eight five zero one six four two. If you would like to ask a question or make a comment, please press the number one, and it will alert our producer that you have something to say. 
I am very excited about my guest today and excited about this topic in that um, I think it's a there, there's a lot to talk about. So let's go ahead and introduce my guest today. Joining me today is Courtney uh, Sermon. Courtney is the Central Alabama Regional Director of Alabama Birth Coalition, as well as a donor international birth doula and certified lactation counselor. For over five years, Courtney has served growing families through pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and breastfeeding support. She believes strongly in mothering the mother and has personally and professionally seen the benefits of the midwifery model of care. Growing up in rural South, uh, South Alabama, Courtney Courtney is passionate about rural access to maternity care, and she is the proud mother of three young children. And I want to thank her for joining me today. Thank you, Courtney. Let's see if I can get you on the line here. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear hey, you now. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Well, thanks for being on the program. I think it's important that we talk about this. I, I think a lot of people would be surprised to know uh, what's going on in Alabama. I think folks would be shocked to know that in Alabama, it's legal to give birth at home. But get this, it's illegal for a professional to assist at the birth. Now, I read that out loud to my husband this morning getting ready for the program. They were, my husband and my daughter asked me what we were going to do the show about. And I said, I just said, did you guys know that in Alabama it's legal to give birth at home, but illegal for a professional to assist at the birth? And my 12-year-old said, okay, so that's like saying to people you can give birth at a hospital, but no one can help you have the baby. Oh, and I that's said, right. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, well, that's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> so it it is. It is. Yeah. So, um, like you said, currently in Alabama, it is legal to give birth at home and out of the hospital. But if a certified professional midwife was to attend your birth, she could face criminal prosecution. So, not only is it illegal, but we've actually had midwives prosecuted in Alabama for attending births. Um, Alabama is surprisingly has a rich history of midwifery in our state. Back in 1930, we had over 3,000 midwives in Alabama. Um, and then as Medicaid started paying for births in the hospital in 1970s, uh, basically they changed the law to quietly do away without, with midwifery outside of the hospital and to make it a criminal offense to practice midwifery in our state. And so um, what we have now is that we have all these mothers who, for whatever reason, decide that they want to give birth outside of the hospital and they have to either do one of two things they can go unassisted or which is what the majority of them do or um, they can have you know their their mother their friend um, the farmer down the street those those people can care for them and not risk being prosecuted but if a certified professional midwife was to attend that mother she could risk prosecution Crazy, I know. Wow. Yes. And, um, you know, what we're wanting to do with this law, Gina, is we're wanting to make it where um, we we increase the access to maternity care in Alabama. Because right now, one in four moms in Alabama are not receiving adequate prenatal care. And that really comes down to the problem we have with Um, the rural areas of Alabama not having obstetrics in their hospitals. So in 1980, you know, we had uh, 45 out of the 54 rural counties had access to obstetrics in the hospital, and now that's down to only 17 counties. So if you were to see a map of Alabama um, comparing the two, your mind would be blown because all of these mothers don't even have access to a hospital with obstetrics. So they're traveling 
over an hour just to get prenatal care or or for their birth. And if you can imagine, I know you and I both, you know, can try to imagine driving an mm-hmm. hour and a half through country roads um, to have prenatal, not to have prenatal care, but to have your baby, you might right. not make it if it's your second baby. And so what a lot of mothers are choosing to do is wow. they're choosing early elective deliveries. And you and I both know what comes along with that. Um, you know, if you're deciding you want to go ahead and have a C-section at 37 weeks because you don't want to risk having a baby on the side of the road, which is understandable, um, right. then we have, we, have a pre- we have a preemie on our hands at delivery. Yeah. And so, you know, the March of Dimes has given Alabama an F on our report card for preterm birth. And this is one of the problems that we have is that mothers are having to try to make the decision, do I wait at home and risk having a baby on the side of the road, or do I um, go ahead and schedule that early elective delivery? So it's a real it's a real problem, and I can understand how these mothers feel, that they feel very conflicted as oh to what God. they should do. And then that that has to mean that Alabama has a really high um, C-section rate because first-time moms have a, twice the likelihood of cesarean section with induction. So do they have a really high C-section rate? Oh, absolutely. Yes, we have a very high cesarean rate here in Alabama. Um, you know, nationally, it's one out of three mothers, and um, and we're higher than that here. So it, yeah. it is a big concern. And, um, you know, I know we're not going to solve – all of our maternity, you know, prenatal issues in Alabama with just this one law. But this is a way that we really could increase the access for these mothers that honestly, I mean, if you're if you're in Camden, Alabama, let's say, and mm-hmm. you're a working working mama and you wanna go have prenatal care, you know, it it gets to be weekly, but let's just say once a month. Um, you're going to have to basically take your entire day off of work to make that happen. Yeah, I'm and a lot of mothers just simply now. cannot afford that. Yeah, that's crazy. Go ahead. What were you saying? I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I was just saying about that. So you were saying if you saw the map, well, I put the map on our slideshows. Um, so when people are oh, listening, okay, great, so they can see they it. They can see it. Yeah, and it is. Um, that's crazy. You would have to take the entire day off just to. I'm looking at this map of obstetrical service in Alabama in 1980 compared to, like, 2015. And you yes. really have to go out of your way to go somewhere. It's, it's just crazy. Yes, it's, it really the is. Mind and, blown. and who can afford that? Who can take a day off work and drive, like, hours and hours and hours to go see a doctor who's going to see you, you know, for five minutes? Right. And it, may, it might make them feel that it's not worth it. And, of course, we know it's important. But right. I mean, you can Im- or or you know, either it's not worth it, or they legitimately can't do it, one or the other. Um, so I, you know, I go back to, uh, you know, year after year. I don't think I mentioned this. The Alabama Birth Coalition has been working for over a decade. Uh, we're four thousand strong now in Alabama uh, to get this law passed. And year after year, it's met with, well, why can't we just keep things the way they are? Um, you know. We can just let them just kind of practice underground and, you know, maybe that'll be safer. There's nothing safe about having that kind of system in place. Um, it's important that uh, that you make sure that you know what kind of midwife you're hiring. 
And we want these mothers to have access to certified professional midwives that are they're educated, they're licensed, they're regulated, and that way um, they have the information they know they need to make the decision. And those midwives can have collaboration with OBs. You know, you don't want to be in a situation where the midwife feels like she can even go with the mother to the hospital in a need for an emergent transfer. Um, you and I both know that's pretty rare, but it still happens. And we want um, there to be a collaboration between midwives and OBs. And that's why our bill is so tough on um, education requirements for the midwives and making sure that um, we have a board set up that would regulate uh, the practice of midwifery in our state. Um, you know, 30 other states regulate midwives. So it's not like we're asking for something that's that out of the norm. And none of those states have rescinded their midwife licensing laws. So I think we really need to start thinking. We're not really thinking outside of the box. As far as the country, it's pretty normal for certified professional midwives to be licensed. But in Alabama, it is thinking outside the box a little bit. But we need to start thinking that way because, you know, we can do social media campaigns to our blue in the face. We can put advertisements on public transportation buses. But if we're not bringing that prenatal care to the mothers, then what are we really doing? Um, they need to have access to care. And I could really, you know, I guess I'm a, I'm a dream big type person, but I can just see, you know, having these mobile units going to these rural areas to where midwives could could be there at a convenient time for the mother to get prenatal care. And um, I don't know, I just, I can't imagine the possibilities if we were to have a passive bill. What, okay, so I want to play devil's advocate here. Why Absolutely. not, why not push for just the legalization of allowing women to choose whoever they want to attend their birth? We have That's actually tried that. And I, I ask that because um, once you make one group of midwives unofficial and illegal, the, the minute it makes another group official and legal. Do you know what I'm saying? Like what happens oh, yeah. to, what about that? And then what? how does that affect the community too? I mean, this, these are all very well, difficult I, questions. This is a very difficult topic. It is. It is. But I think what you'll, what, what we've found from our research, we have tried to just, hey, let's legalize midwifery. That was kind of what the bill was two years ago. It was just yeah. like, hey, let's just at least say that if you're going to attend a mother and you're a midwife, that you're not risking criminal prosecution for helping her. Right. Um, but what that got met with was, well, what about regulation and what about licensing? And what about accountability and what about collaboration with OBs, and we're like, you know, we really, as a group of Alabama Coalition, believe that if we really can build those bridges, that that would be one of the safer ways for us to continue. And so um, so that's, that's kind of what the decision-making process looked like there from deciding, do we just go with a bill that says, hey, let's just at least not make it legal? Um, and so that's where we've come to a point where we're like, we just really want to legitimize uh, the midwifery profession and just follow the models that we have in 30 other states to say, okay, this is a safe way we can go about doing this. And we're hoping that um, once the legislators understand that we're not talking about just, hey, let's just make all 
midwives, including lay midwives legal, that we might be able to work together and come to an agreement. So that's, that is where we've kind of had to, to talk it out, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because there's so much on the line there, especially since, you know, Alabama does have a rich history of midwifery and it's traditional midwifery. And a lot right. of times you are introducing um, what you guys are talking about, you're kind of getting rid of that idea. You can't have the traditional midwifery model. It, it turns into a different model. It's because licensure is the antithesis of autonomous, authentic midwifery. So it's like, this is a, for me, this is a really tough thing because women in Alabama deserve to, you know, not give birth in these very stressful situations. They shouldn't have to yes. choose between, you know, the side of the road and, and the dangers of, you know, getting induced and what that can do for their, their, their body and their baby. And then also not being able to have the choice of having the kind of midwife that they want. I personally know what that's like. In uh, Texas, I was met with a lot of midwives who said, you know, Gina, I know what you want, which for me, I wanted, like, I just wanted her in the room. I didn't want her to check right. me. I didn't want her to touch me. Don't bother me while I'm giving birth. You know, I don't want your fingers anywhere near me. Just let right. me have my baby and you be here just in case I need you. And that's what I wanted. And everyone who was, the, all the licensed midwives said, I can't give you that. I can't provide that because the state says that I have to do this and my hands are tied. And my thought in my head was like, well, you chose to have your hands tied when you decided to become a licensed midwife. That and that I mean that's me as a consumer. As a mom right. who oh, and I, a choice. I want to choose who I want to have at my birth. And I wasn't allowed that due to the you know, the, the choices that I had. in Texas. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, and there's and I something obviously to think about as a consumer, not just as like oh, yeah. somebody who loves midwives, but like and I do. I have a lot of <laughs> friends. I love midwives. But um I, I know the whole thing about licensure, it can it kind of what I've seen in my last ten years of paying attention to everything is how it kind of pits midwives against midwives or one group, you know, volunteering to help eliminate the original group. And then requiring midwives oh. in some states to report anybody who attends a birth who's not licensed. And that makes, you know, making licensed midwives agents of the state. Like, what are we asking for when we ask for legislation? Are we really, like, saying this is about the consumer? This is for mom? Or or is it something else completely? Like, how deeply have we looked at what it means to say we want licensure? Yeah, well, I think I can answer that to an extent that, you know, I live here in Birmingham, Alabama, and I'm a birth doula. I've been a birth doula for five years, and I don't know the midwives here. I don't know them. Um, it is so underground in Alabama that um, to even have an an idea of, okay, you know, I can recommend this individual because of, you know, what I've seen or what I've heard or you know, all of those things, we don't even have that. Um, and so I understand where you're coming from, but from our standpoint, you know, if those midwives that want to continue working underground want to continue working underground, then they can continue to do so. But the midwives that actually want to go for um, being a certified professional midwife would then want to be licensed with the state. And from our conversations with the midwives here, they are 
very positive about this legislation. It's what they want. And it's really what, what I, from what I've heard of just kind of being able to talk to mothers that want to give birth at home or outside the hospital, they really are wanting a certified professional midwife by their side. And um, they're wanting her to be required to carry the kind of medical equipment that a birth center has to their home. They're wanting those things. Um, so, you know, I think that's one thing that people get confused about when we're talking about this. And you, you and I, Gina, kind of get it. But, um, you know, lay midwives or midwives that aren't certified, um, you know, they are kind of looked at as, and I'm not saying they do this, but, okay, boil the water, bring the warm towels, let's have a baby. And, um, you know, a certified professional midwife is coming with resuscitation equipment, botocin uh, in the case of a, a postpartum hemorrhage, oxygen for the mom or the baby to be able to stabilize in the very rare event that there's a need for transport. They're able to do those things. And they're like a mobile birthing center, basically, because everything that you would have at a birthing center, a freestanding birth center, they're going to have with them. And so, you know, we like the concept of having this law and having this licensure in place so that, you know, we can hopefully recruit certified professional midwives to come to the state and imagine how we could change that map that you see of obstetrics in Alabama um, as it is currently. If we could get those mothers, you know, if we get those midwives, certified professional midwives living in these rural areas, which they're all not going to settle in Birmingham. That's a complete misconception. Um, they would be settling all over the state. And so that would really help with these mothers to have access to care. And so I know it's tricky and I know there's a lot to it, but we have to kind of look at what do we have now versus what could we have. And we really, the Alabama women that I talked to really want these birth options. They want, they want birth centers. They want to be able to really see a, a certified nurse midwife in the hospital, which the way the law is now is very difficult to do. We only have a couple that I know of that have hospital privileges. And so, um, you know, we have the lowest per capita of any state in the country of OBs and CNMs, the lowest. And so we've got to do something. And so this is a way to kind of legitimize the practice of being out of the hospital and having a midwife. And um, I think it's a step in the right direction for Alabama. But I definitely understand your concerns as well. Yeah, and it's, it's I'm very torn. Um, to be honest, it's like, oh my gosh, because I, like I said, I love midwives, I love midwifery, I love everything about it. Um, and this has got to be like the most. This is the hardest thing. Um, being in the birth world, and then also like just having had a baby, you know, 22 months ago, and all of the how hard it was to find a provider. Um, I, I get, I can see both sides, and I think that's a really scary place for me to be, um, be because of that, because of you know, um, I think above everything else, above being a doula or dreams of being a midwife someday, um, the whole idea of licensure kind of freaks me out because at the end of the day, I'm I'm the advocate for for mom and dad, like I I advocate for parents, parents' rights, parents' choices, and. You know, licensure might be something that you that you buy, but it's it's it at what cost? You know, like it might cost something that's really valuable if it means that moms don't own their own births or they don't call all the shots or that they feel pressured to conform for the sake of somebody else's license. 
then that price is really high. And I just, I I wonder how it's all going to turn out because all I want is what's good for mom, right? And so. Right. We all want that. Absolutely. Alabama are just, oh my gosh, my heart goes out to them. I can't even imagine. Like if I had a hard time in Austin, Texas, then. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. Going on oh, in Alabama. Oh my gosh. You know, and my yeah, and midwives have been, you know, like you said, these underground gals who are doing this work, knowing that they could go to jail, that their kids might be out of a mom and have been doing it anyway because they want to yes. be their women. So these women can give birth with someone who, who knows about birth. So, like, I, my heart goes out to them. And then what happens then if licensure happens, then are they going to be forced to get a license or are they going to, you know, well, I guess if they break the law now, they can continue to break the law if they choose to, Gina. I, you know, I know it's, it's, um, you know, we have to go back to um, what are we trying to accomplish? And what we're right. trying to accomplish is more options, more access for moms. And um, there really is something to be said, and I totally get your perspective. But as a birth doula, when I was in Texas, um, being in Dallas, I loved the fact that um, these midwives worked together in a team, that the equipment they came and brought to the home, and the collaboration that they had with the OBs and the need for a transfer, and also the accountability. I loved that if my doula client had a bad experience, she had a poor experience with a midwife, she had mm-hmm. someone that she could report that to. And I think that's important, too. You know, I mean, we wouldn't want OBs to practice without a license. And I understand the traditional midwifery model, but we're kind of in a new day. And, um, you know, Alabama's ready to take that step forward. Um, you know, our bill is, is tough on education. In um, 2020, things are going to look different. Uh, midwives are going to be required to have a formal education or have a bridge certificate. And then that's how our law is written. Um, so I definitely understand where you're coming from, and if I was having a baby, I totally get the aspect of wanting a hands-off midwife, but I also would want her to still monitor the baby, and I think the majority of the other mothers that I talk to, that's the case. Um, They're good with at least having some monitoring, and I just, I worry about the mothers that aren't really prepared for unassisted birth and are doing it anyways, just Mm -hmm. because they can't get a midwife. That is a, that's a, that's a real concern. Um, you know, it's one thing if you're saying, all right, I'm having an unassisted birth, um, versus, well, I can't find anybody to take care of me, so mm-hmm. here I go. Um, those are those look completely different. And so, um, you know, we want, we just want improved outcomes. We want improved access to care. And I think one thing that a lot of Uh, Mothers might not understand unless they've experienced it. I know this was the case for me, and it probably was for you, too, is that, you know, you don't realize what prenatal care looks like with a midwife as far as how it kind of compares to AB. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, It's it's different. It's just different. Um, You know, in Mississippi, when I was my first baby, uh, I would wait in a forever, in a long waiting room, and they would call about five or ten of us at once and um, Mm -hmm. kind of hurt us through. And we would pee in these little stalls together and hand the cups over, do our blood pressure, then wait some more, maybe some blood work. And then, you know, hopefully you get 10 minutes with an AB. 
Um, when I finally got to experience prenatal care with a midwife with my third baby, I was blown away because one of the first things she asked me to do was to create and maintain a food diary. And with my first baby, I probably had a Chick-fil-A milkshake every day. So um, to get that concept through my head of, okay, this midwife cares about what I'm eating and drinking and how often I'm exercising, her goal is to keep me low risk. Because, you know, absolutely, they, they, ha- they will transfer you in a heartbeat to an OB if, if you do not stay low risk and healthy, right? Because um, that's when it becomes the OBs are, are ready for high risk situations. That's their, that's their training. And so um, the goal is to keep you very healthy and to keep you low risk. And so I was blown away. And it, what was interesting was as I'm keeping this food diary and keeping track of my exercise, how I started to realize I was changing, how I was wanting her to be proud of me. I was wanting, I was, I was realizing, you know, here's this midwife that cares about me, um, and she cares about my baby. I want to do this for, for me and for my baby and to make her proud. And that's kind of the, the difference is there's a little bit of a mothering the mother that takes place with midwives. And how mm-hmm. many mothers need that? When we talk about these rural areas, um, you know, there are some mothers that really haven't been mothered before. And so to have that access to prenatal care where they can not only get, they get exactly the same thing as far as they're going to, the midwife's going to listen to the baby. She's going to measure the belly. She's going to fill the baby. She's going to do the urine lab test, but, and, you know, blood pressure, all of those things. But there's still 45 minutes left in the appointment. Most, most midwives can go up to usually about an hour with their with their clients. And so what you find is they can talk about, you know, how are you doing? Uh, what's your home life like? What are you eating? What are you drinking? How can we give you some resources to help you have a better pregnancy? And so that can make a huge, that could be a huge benefit. We need to stop looking at these rural mothers of Alabama and saying, you're high risk, there's nothing we can do for you. And start giving them access to care and um, letting them feel being mothered by a midwife. Let them see what that's like so that maybe when they have their baby, maybe their view of motherhood will change. Maybe they'll want to breastfeed their baby after all the education they've received through their pregnancy about it and the support that midwives give postpartum. That's the other thing I think we don't really think about. I don't know if you see this, Gina, in your practice, but um, it's almost like, you know, you go to the hospital, you have your baby, and then you're kind of just thrown out like, okay. Um, and it is so important that mothers have care through the postpartum period. Um, we need to have regular checkups where somebody that's knowledgeable about breastfeeding is going to their home and checking on them and making sure that everything's going well because, um, you know, to ask a mother to go pack up her baby and, you know, she just recovered from birth and left a car seat and get transportation to get lactation help is it's a real problem. Who's going to want to do that when they're recovering from having a baby? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, the thing, those are the kinds of things that as I, I think about what, what would happen. How could it look different in Alabama if we had midwives? It could make all the difference. It really mm-hmm. could. Well, I I really just hope for the best for you guys. I really do. And, thank you, Gina. Uh, I, I want to thank you for um, being so graceful with me and my 
my consumer issues. I really no, I'm so thankful for your perspective. I love to hear it, and I just appreciate you sharing our story with the country. I mean, it's just important that, um, you know, everybody hears about Alabama and everybody hears about what's going on here because we need a lot of um, support going forward here. Um, and especially the Alabama mothers and fathers that are listening today, I hope that they'll uh, like our Alabama Birth Coalition Facebook page and get involved on, you know, if, if their consumer view is similar to yours, tell us. Let us know. We want to hear from you. Um, but we want to we want to make midwives be a, a a big part of our culture in Alabama again. I think we can do it. Thank you, Courtney, for all the work that you Thank do. You so I know your heart is in the right place. I appreciate that, and I love that parents can get involved with what you guys are doing. Um, get, how, what's that Facebook page again so they can find it? It's it's Alabama Birth Coalition. Awesome. Thank you so much, and thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. And thank, thank you, Tina. Thank you to our listeners. Uh, If this was your first time listening, we hope to have you back again. Our show airs every Wednesday at 11 a.m. unless everybody in my house is sick, which is what happened. (laughs) So we were live today. Uh, But you can join us every Wednesday at, uh, um, I'm sorry, 11 a.m. Mountain Time. And thank you again to our sponsor, Jane Austen Yoga. You can find out more about getting yourself certified if you're a doula as a prenatal yoga instructor at janeaustenyoga.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, oh, wait, hey, if you want to see me live, I'm going to be in San Diego this weekend with our Flock Yeah, which are mini birth conferences for doulas, midwives, and parents. And we are doing ours. We have three spots left in San Diego. If you want one of those tickets, and you want to save a big chunk of money, email me at progressiveparentingradio at gmail.com, and I will take care of you. Thank you so much, everyone. And until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. If I ever do anything right, I want to be so good this little light If I ever wake in the night I want to know I tried my best with this little Both my